Hello, Angela Cote here, back with another episode of the Franchise Growth Catalyst podcast. Now, I'm super excited because I decided it was time to do something a little different. And, and that is, I decided to start bringing some clients and people in our community onto our podcast. And the reason for this specifically thought of clients is because at AC Inc., we get asked a lot of time, what do you guys actually do? Like, what do you guys actually do? Like, I, you know, they, they're like, do you write operations manuals? Do you do franchise sales? And we're like, well, we, we, we have that under our, under our, you know, it's in our wheelhouse to do that, but that's not our specialty. And our specialty is, is around supporting franchisors and helping them you know, improve their infrastructure or set up their infrastructure for growth. Our passion is really especially around how do we get the franchisees more profitable? How do we get them on the right path to success so that we can attract more franchisees? So I thought, what better way to help our audience and people around us understand that than to bring somebody who's actually working with us? So for this is a first thing, first time, we've got Matt Lavender with us today from New Again houses. Now, Matt, no pressure. First, first <laughs> client. How do you feel about this? That's a, that's a feel like I have a lot of responsibilities. So. Yeah, no pressure at all. I mean, all, <laughs> all kidding aside, um, what I want to do here is really just have a conversation. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the fun things about working with clients is we get to lift the hood and see what they're doing and get to know them and, um, and really understand how awesome their brands are. And, your brand is really awesome. There's a lot of, um, a lot of cool things you guys are doing. And, and I feel like since we met, I don't know if that was, what was that eight months, nine months, 10 months ago? Yeah, probably at least, probably at least a year, um, year and a half ago, at least it's hard to keep track of time during COVID years. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So maybe it was even a year and a half, whatever it was in that time. I, I, it feels to me, and it seems to me a lot has changed for you guys and a lot of, um, setting up for growth. So we'll get into that in just a minute, but let's start Matt. And by the way, I have a feeling I might have to bring you on again another time, just because I think there's so many things we could talk about. So Hmm. this isn't a be all end all. Um, this is just the beginning. So let's start with new again houses is such a unique concept so let's talk about how it came about, and then I might ask you to go deeper in explaining what you do if I still am needing the audience for the audience to get a little bit more clear. But how did it come about? So in my in my former life, I was a college soccer coach, and that's where my that's that's where I started my career. That's where my that's where my passion was, and a lot of the reason I found fulfillment in that was because I, I, was, I was able to be a part of, of building players, of developing players. And part of that is being able to see the potential in people. And so rather than seeing what is, being able to see what can be. And so I realized, I, real, I, I came to the realization at some point there that um, my, I was a builder. Like I really enjoyed building people, building teams, building things. And if I wasn't building something, I wasn't happy. It was like a, a scratch that needed to be itched. And so that was very transferable to flipping houses. And so I dabbled with flipping houses on the side. And um, in the same way of coaching, you, you see what can be. You see past what a house is and you see what it can be. And 
then the challenge of getting it to its potential is very similar to, it's very similar to coaching athletes. And you get a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same satisfaction with that. And so over time, I transitioned from um, coaching full-time to building uh, a house flipping business full-time. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I don't think I've heard you tell that story. I knew that you were a soccer coach, but I, I don't think I've heard you put that together. And I'm, we're going to talk in a minute how that also then trans, translates to into mm-hmm. being a franchisor. Um, but you know, what? I, this is going to sound like a really dumb question. Just to be clear, it's not for me, but in case, <laughs> in case anybody's listening, going, what do you mean by flipping houses? Do you want to just explain what that means? Because you're used to that lingo and I know what you mean, but maybe not everyone does. Yeah, and and that's become a really uh, wide, widely used term to describe a lot of different things. And we purchase we purchase real property all across the United States through franchise through franchise owners, and then we add value to those houses through construction. And so um, that's an important that's our value add. That's kind of our purpose is to add real value through construction and then um, we resell those houses and that's really cool because i think and i think people probably understand that if they watch enough like hgtv i don't know if that's still still a thing but you know that that idea of of taking something and making it better and i again i just love how you related that to uh to soccer players as well that's really neat and so let's let's talk a little bit about the french using the franchise model um when you started to get some success with this did you or even before that did you always have this idea that you would be able to use the franchise model where you brought partners in that would open this in other cities or was it like oh this is working and I want to grow and then you found you stumbled across the franchise model yeah I think I think it kind of like most things in this business it, it evolved into that it wasn't I didn't have some master plan of creating a national franchise. Um, I'm very process oriented um, as opposed to results. And even when I even when I was coaching, I was very process oriented. A lot of coaches are goal oriented. Um, but I've always believed that if you do things the right way, then results will follow. And um, I learned in coaching that that's not always the case. <laughs> You can, you can try to do the right things and sometimes you still you still lose. But I think in in the long in the long game, I think that's true. I think if you have the right processes, you try to do the right things that result in in your persistent. Um, I think the results, the results will follow. And so that that process kind of process approach is what really drives me. So I, when I when I made that transition, I really threw myself into trying to perfect the process of flipping a house. And so that was that was where I invested myself is is in that is in that process. Um, with the the difference between coaching and in this business is I I never you get emotionally invested with players. 
I never felt emotionally invested with houses. So for me, they've always just been houses. And my passion has been building a, building a business that happened to flip houses. It could have been flipping something else. But for me, it was about, it was about, building, a, about building the business is what's always really interested me. So um, just over time, just more built, built more systems and more sophisticated systems. And that eventually became um, proprietary software, which um, I've really enjoyed being a part of that. And that's become the basis of the basis of the franchise. And over time, we just built out so much infrastructure. It was really overkill for what we were doing locally. And so that naturally lent itself to uh, the franchise, a franchise model of expansion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to definitely, we're going to go deeper on this one because there's a lot of good stuff in here. And I think um, our audience is, is a, a variety of, you know, franchisors trying to figure out franchising, um, people th- trying to decide if they should become a franchisee, just people trying to learn about all of this. And I think it's really cool. I've had a lot of, I've had the opportunity to see a lot of different people start a business and then make the decision to use the franchise model, which I know for some people listening, they don't need me to say this, but for people that are more new to it, the idea that you want partners in different cities that are going to run this business, they're going to own the business and pay you back a royal pay a royalty back to mm-hmm. the home office. So just, just mm-hmm. clarifying that a little bit. And so I've, there's, I've sort of seen two different things happen. One is the, the original founder, like yourself, um, is really passionate about the product and wants to grow it because of the product. And then I've seen where they're passionate about what more, what you're saying, um, building, you know, the systems and the building, the, like building out the players I'm hearing, you know, and that coaching side of things. And I think, I think I, well, what I've seen is I'd say people like you tend to do even better than people that are just passionate about the product, because what happens with the people that are passionate about the product that they've created. And when I say product, I I mean, service or, Mm -hmm. you know, a fitness Mm -hmm. or a center or beauty or whatever, the thing they've created. The problem is if they're not really excited about, about uh, growing people and helping people be good at this. Mm-hmm. then then they're going to run into Roblox really fast. And I've seen it. And I've mm-hmm. seen people admit, oh my gosh, I didn't realize when I became a franchisor that I was getting into the business of, you know, supporting and coaching people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to do this visionary thing I was doing over mm-hmm. here, but I can't do that because mm-hmm. I need to coach and, and support people. And so when I hear a franchisor say, I have a lot of passion for taking somebody from, what they are and what they can be like the franchisee themselves, that, 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 that gives you satisfaction. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I just think about my family business that we grew to almost 500 Mm -hmm. locations as a case study here. And Mm -hmm. I look at, I always reflect on what did we do different and what did my dad do different and what did we know? Mm -hmm. And it was really because he had more than anything, passion for people. Mm -hmm. So I just want to highlight that. And I want to say more, but I'm going to let you jump in there first before I do. Yeah, for me, you know, I mean, I keep going back to, I keep going back to the, my coaching, coaching life before, but I think anybody who, if you've got the coaching or the teaching gene, 
in you, you don't, you can't get rid of it. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a part of, it's a part of who you are, no matter what you do. And um, for, for me, it was the, the real joy in coaching was building a team. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's just deeply, that's deeply satisfying. And, and being, being a part of people, being a part of a, a team that is all trying to do, trying to accomplish the same, the same thing. Yeah. Um, you don't have that often in life. And it was a unique opportunity um, building, building those teams. And when I transitioned away from that, I really, that was a big part of what I wanted with the next opportunity is the chance to build a, is to build a team. And that started with the local business and building a, a really small local team at the, at the local level with just a few people. But it was, it's just deeply satisfying to, to, and, and challenging to, to do that. And the, the growth of the franchising, the, the team is just, it just gets larger and more complicated and more, more challenging. Um, but it's, it's also, it, it's also really, it's really rewarding. And it's, it's the thing that I most enjoy about the, the franchise business is, is continuing to build, continuing to build that team. And ideally see my role as trying to create an ecosystem where everybody can be there, can, can reach their potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you have an amazing team too. Like I and I know some of those people came on during the time we've been together. But you, there's a it's it, the culture at Newgen Houses is really cool. Like I, I've met you know Amber in your in your marketing and I've various members of your team and there's this. Um, I, I think they emulate what you emulate. This sort of calm, you know, even keeled but driven, um, you know, approach, which is really cool. I'm curious if you just want to speak to what you love specifically about the franchise model, about the idea of having these franchisees out in the field, you know, running your, like your brand. Yeah. I, I see a lot of things as a, as a spectrum. And um, I kind of, I, I naturally, I naturally think this way. I try to identify the extremes and then find a, a middle way. Um, and in, in business, I think if you look at one spectrum, it's the individual small business owner who is very much alone, but they have a lot of flexibility. They're very agile, but they can't, it's really difficult for them to create any kind of competitive advantage because they're alone. And then on the other extreme, you've got companies that have become really large and can create competitive advantages, but they also become really slow and can become static and difficult to innovate because their, their size is difficult to, to pivot. And so I think franchising, what appeals to me about franchising is I believe it's this hybrid kind of sweet spot in the middle where the the individual franchise can stay small and agile and with limited overhead, um, but also leverage the competitive advantages 
that the franchise support system creates at a national level. And I think when, when franchising works well and it's healthy, it's the, uh, it, it's a good balance between those, between those two things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I, I like the way you put that. It's a little different than the way I've heard people uh, talk about what they love about it, but that is really a good point. And, and you're, cause it's still small business then. So you can be a little bit more agile and um, that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Love it. Okay. Now we're going to shine the light a little bit on new again houses. <laughs> you ready for this? So I would love just because if I love helping people who are thinking of making a change in their life, um, have the courage and confidence to make that change. And I get to talk to a lot of people thinking about becoming a franchisee of different brands and they're trying to figure out, you know, what are, what are the traits I need to have to be successful as a franchisee? So I would like to know when you think about your current uh, approximately, let's just for context, how many franchisees do you have right now operating like open and operational? Uh, 26. 26. So that's enough of a sample, probably that you have a sense of some of the key traits that you're seeing in what makes them successful. So let's, let's hear from you. What are some of the traits? So if anybody's listening and wants to be introspective and go, yeah, I might have those traits. I could do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to, I'm afraid my answer is going to be disappointing because <laughs> we've tried to, we thought a lot about this. Like, what are the what are the characteristics? What does a successful franchise owner look like in terms of their skill set? What's what experiences seem to be indicative of of success? What is like building a persona of yeah. of what that is? And we're still trying to figure that out. And I think the problem, the fundamental problem there is that humans are complicated mm-hmm. and we don't really fit into the boxes that uh, we that just don't fit into boxes. Like everybody is so, every one of our franchise owners is, is so unique. They bring their police officers or teachers or coaches or salespeople, they just, they're all different and they all bring, all of us bring um, strengths and then corresponding weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're, we're complicated. And, you know, sorry, I've coached hundreds of athletes and none of them, there's no two of them that are the same. They all, they all have their own strengths and weaknesses. And so I think, Humans are, humans are complicated. Franchise systems are complicated. I think a franchise system has to be large enough to accommodate different kinds of strengths and weaknesses. Like, I don't think it's healthy to be too rigid. And franchise systems are different too. Like some of them are big enough and, and the role of a franchise owner is so structured and so specific that they do need certain kinds of personalities. Um, like maybe maybe a subway franchise owner needs to have a certain skill set because it's so specific. Mm. Ours is not like that. 
um, there are problems that have to be solved at the local level. Um, you have to use some ingenuity and discretion at the local level. And so you have to, you have to problem solve. And um, it's different kinds of problems. And some people might have cell skills that they bring, but their administrative skills are, are not as strong. And so our job as a franchisor is to be large enough and to provide enough support to where we can prop up those weaknesses and accentuate, accentuate the strengths. And I don't know that all, I don't know that all franchise systems are that, are that flexible. And so if I think someone looking, someone looking at shopping around franchises probably needs to be self-aware enough to know whether their strengths and weaknesses line up um, with, with the particular franchise. Right. And, and that's a key point. Well, let's in a minute get into core values, because I think that's something that you guys have done really well. Um, I, I do have a, a podcast. I think it's earlier in my podcast list. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to try to guess the episode number, but where I talk about the key traits of typically what are like a high performing franchisee. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to go check that out, they can as well. Things like, um, you know, um, grit, you know, being willing to work hard and, and, yeah. you know, there's some things like yeah. that, but I think for, yeah. you, I'm hearing. Yeah. 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 I think that, I think some of those things are, are universal for just success in life. Like one, one of them, one of them that we've done is just follow through. Yeah. Like don't give up when it gets tough, just follow through, follow through on processes, follow through on systems. Um, don't get just 70% of the way through. Can, can people, do people have the ability to get to a hundred percent follow through and, and good things, good things tend to happen. Another characteristic that we value is curiosity. Mm. Um, because I think every business is in, in 2000, in 2022, like everything changes so fast. What worked two months ago, it may or may not work two months from now. And so we're constantly evolving and innovating. And it's important people that have curiosity are open to change and learning new strategies and, and pivoting. And so I think I think that's I think that's more important now than it it probably was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, and also a key t- a key takeaway, as you know, I'm a big fan of those. Um, a key takeaway I'm getting from this is is that with just going back to your original point about humans being complicated, and that you know, there's there's a you're probably when you think about your 26 current franchisees, and you're like this person has this trait, and this person has this trait, and they're both successful, or they both struggle with this or that. I think it's a good reminder, though, that that it's if you're, if you're thinking of becoming a franchisee, explore it. And then you'll find out like, like, don't put, don't assume that like I am a fit or I'm not explore it. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then it might come down also to whether you fit the system. And one of the things about that is you guys are um, you're on a great growth trajectory, but for somebody who wants like really clear, like, like you mentioned subway is such a great example of like, 
it's pretty dialed in, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, and you, but there's not much entrepreneurialism in that. Right. There's not like, it's, yeah. it's really, there's, it seems like it's very more, more similar to being an employee than yeah. an entrepreneur. There's just not a lot of room for create. There's not a lot of room for creativity. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's something for people to think about too. If they're, you know, if you're exploring becoming a franchisee, like is what's important to you, is creativity important? Cause if it is, mm-hmm. then you might want to go with a newer system and, you know, uh, again, making sure you fit um, core values. So just before we go to that, have you, to core values and culture, have you found that people that are, are becoming franchisees of your brand in general, are they, are they people who were shopping around for a franchise or, or did they, sort of see the brand somehow and go, I want to be a part of that. Or are you seeing a bit of both? Like how are people coming to you? We've tend, we, we tended to market ourselves to people who are aspiring house flippers who are interested in that particular business, but they want more than just to go swing a hammer on the weekends and flip two houses that they, they really want to build a business around it that that can be sustainable and doesn't require like I was saying being a weekend warrior swinging a hammer on every Saturday and every evening and so um that's that's really that's really important to us at the end of the day we we value quality of life and um this is this particular industry allows itself to have success and maintain a quality of life. Like I think there are some businesses where that's much more difficult, like businesses that have to keep their doors open 24 hours a day. And um, this, this is a different kind of business. So quality of life tends to be important to people that, that, that come in and Mm -hmm. it's important to us too. Awesome. So, okay, let's move into core values a little bit. One of my favorite topics, just overall company culture. And I am a big believer in real core values. Like you look at somebody's website and it says trust, authenticity, respect. And you're like, you just made that up. (laughs) Um, You know, like at AC Inc, one of our core values, for example, is, is action equals growth. And we believe that, you know, taking action leads us towards um, the growth that we need to have and, and not overthinking it. Uh, mm-hmm. We have, we get more done when we're having fun. We like to have a little fun. We believe that when we're in that mindset of fun, we, we get more done. So mm-hmm. um, I know you guys at new again houses have a, a solid set of core values. So let's, let's, let's hear what they are and then talk about how you live and breathe them. So let's start with what they are and what they mean. Yeah. So it took us, it took us quite a while to formulate core values like we were several years into this before we even had that discussion honestly but I think um I think that can be valuable because I yeah. think core values should be a um, a product of like self-awareness like you you need to know who you are who your team is, like who the team is before you can understand what your value what your values are if you put the cart before the horse and you just pick out three core values yeah i think you'll ultimately become try to be something that you're not Mm -hmm. it'll try to become uh, someone else's values yeah Um, and so i think i think it's 
like a lot of things, it's a process of self-discovery and core values can be uh, quite a ways down the, quite a ways down the road. Um, it takes us long, it takes us a long time to understand ourselves individually. It is even more difficult to understand like an organization. Um, but our, our core values where we've, where we've landed on and we feel, we feel really strongly about each of them is the, the first one is ownership. The second one is innovation. Mm -hmm. And the third is win-win relationships. Awesome. Okay. And let's just talk a little bit about what you, each of them mean. So ownership is, is really our, is our guiding light. And for example, we don't refer to franchisees. We refer to them as franchise owners because to me, a, a franchisee can become a very passive kind of term. And I think people are at their best when they have ownership of whatever it's, whatever they're doing. So when they have ownership of the success or failure and ownership of, of the challenge, I feel like that's when, that's when we're, we perform at our best. It, it, it also, um, it also speaks to the agency. It's, it's their business. Like it's not our business. Our business is helping them be successful. But at the end of the day, it's it's their ownership that will make them that will make them successful. We were there to help. We weren't there to solve solve all their problems. Um, and so ownership is is really important for us, especially in real estate, which in our particular industry, there are real estate is local, right? So people that try to build real estate, um, national real estate businesses with employees, it's really difficult because it's because you need ownership at the local level. And so we need our franchise owners to, to be active agents, to be um, owners and not employed, not passive employees waiting for instructions. And so um, I think it would have been like for us to scale home flipping, house flipping across the country with employees would be nearly impossible. They would, it would turn into middle management and layers of management and the decisions would be too slow. And so our business requires um, local decision-making. And so ownership is just critical to us being, us being uh, fast and uh, acting with speed and accuracy at the local level. So, that's that one's that one is just key to success for us the second one is is innovation and the real estate in particular is something that like construction in particular is where we add value and construction has not evolved it's one of like the dark corners of the economy that hasn't been touched by technology so mm -hmm. Yeah. When you look, when you look at our a typical job site for a residential remodel, it really hasn't it really hasn't changed since the 1950s. Mm -hmm. I joke that the only thing that's really changed is that the the tools 
have batteries instead of being plugged into a wall. Um, and so we see a lot of opportunity there if, if we can innovate and bring technology to this old school mom and pop kind of industry. And so innovation is one of those things where we, that's the major way we add value to our franchise owners. Um, the third one is win-win relationships. And we, we value long-term partnerships. And I think, I think this is one of the ways that we're different from a lot of businesses because business today seems to be about transactional relationships and the relationship is seen as a means to an end. Um, it's very temporary. It, it, it's, people don't go into business relationships expecting them to outlast the next deal. And I think that people try to get as much as they can from their partners in that deal. They try to take as much of the profit as they can and negotiate it. And they don't really care whether the, whether the other partner su succeeds or not. We're, we are like, we're based out of a pretty small town and we don't have the luxury of like this huge talent pool here. So we can't, like we, even if we wanted to, we couldn't burn through partners. Like we have to, like, we have to have long-term partnerships. And for us, I think a lot of the success we've had is because we've helped our partners be successful. And so we've spent a lot of time just helping, helping our partners be sustainable. Um, and so the, that idea of win-win relationships, I think it, it's obviously relevant to the franchise model um, between the franchise owner and the franchisor. But even at the local level, like our, we're, we're adding value with construction in each of these locations. And we, we really train our, our franchise owners to honor and try to build long-term relationships. So when we partner with a contractor, our hope is that that contractor, we're setting that contractor up for success and leaving enough meat on the bone to where they can be successful and, and be a partner for 10 years from now. That makes sense. I love it. And I, why, did, why can't more people think about that, right? Like that, this, I hope, I'm sure you're blazing the trail and inspiring others to think about win-win relationships. We all should be thinking like that. Well, I think when you, if you go back to that spectrum of, you know, really large companies versus the small business owner, I think a lot of the large companies, um, they're, they're really a slave to the quarterly reports. And so they're almost forced into very short-term thinking and they don't have the luxury of thinking about long-term partnerships because they, they are under such intense pressure mm -hmm. to squeeze as much profit out of this quarter as they can. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got small business owners that are living hand to mouth. And so in a lot of cases, they don't have that luxury either. And I think it's just, it's, if, if, you, can, if you can find that healthy balance 
of a healthy franchise system, it, it, it gives you the, it gives you the luxury of thinking longer term and, 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 uh, make it possible to have win-win relationships. I would probably argue that we all could have them and, and it would take, it would be hard to get there, but once you get there, you realize the benefits of it because I, I think people are afraid. And like you said, you know, they're trying to meet budgetary restrictions and or requirements. I mean, and um, often operating out of fear, but I, I love that concept. Oh my gosh, time is flying by Matt. And I'm going to take a big right turn or maybe it's a left turn. I'm not sure. I'm going to park. There's more things I'd love to talk about with core values. And maybe we'll come back to that sometime when we meet again. Um, cause there's lots of good stuff in there and you gave some really good meaty, juicy, um, you know, information and, and answers on that. And yeah, just love that. Um, let's just, because I did say at the beginning, we'll talk a little bit about just helping people understand, you know, what do we do at AC Inc? Because it is, it is on the surface, it looks intangible. And, and I think I can see why people, if they've never worked with, you know, an advisory company, I don't, we struggle with what to even call ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, are we coaches? Are we advisors? Are we consultants? Um, either way, I know, I know that what our goal is, is to really help um, franchisors, you know, see your blind spots and mm -hmm. share with franchisors what we know other companies are doing or have done that work that will help fast track things. Um, mm -hmm. So when we first met, if I remember correctly, you came to us at Async because you were ready to up your game when it came to the infrastructure for supporting, I'm going to call them franchise owners now that I know you, <laughs> which I, I love, um, franchise owners. So you came, you wanted to up the game when it came to infrastructure for supporting your franchise owners for growth and performance. I think you were feeling this like we're growing fast and we know we need to do something. So what is one of the biggest changes in your system from, you know, prior to us working together to, to now? Yeah. I can mention a couple if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, looking back on those initial conversations, I think we didn't know a lot of what we didn't know. And franchising is such a unique business. It's not like you've got a circle of friends who have been through this or a manual on how it works with your particular business. And so we really, we, we knew that we had, a, we were doing some good things and that our, that we had a good start with, um, and a good core of franchise owners. I think, you know, when I look at the big picture of what you guys have done, I see it as, as the kind of the tip of the spear between what we're trying to accomplish in this and that ecosystem that we're trying to provide franchise owners, the tip of the spear between that and the what the franchise owners actually need and how those intersect. And so I think a lot of, I, I could see how it would be easy for a system for the franchise or to have the best of intentions mm -hmm. and the franchise owners to all have the best of intentions but there's a disconnect between what, what they're doing. Like how do, how do those best fit together? And I think what we've learned along the way over the past, over the past year is what's, what that looks like in, in other systems that have had success. And so it's kind of been opened our eyes to models 
And when we see that, we see we we became aware of weaknesses that we had that we wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. And it's it's um it I think it's it's ex accelerated the learning curve, but that's what coaches do, right? Like mm-hmm. we could learn to do anything if we threw hours at it, but we don't have hours. So we need to shorten that learning curve. And so um, I think we get fixated on coaching others and, and sometimes forget that like a coach should be really valuable for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Same for me. I have a coach, like a business, you know, executive coach, because yeah. I know that I don't always see my blind spots. And sometimes I might, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I just need somebody to kind of keep me on the right track or whatever, or, or, or yeah, really just helping me see things, I think is the biggest thing. Um, and so one of the things that we've implemented together is, and that's mostly this has been with, with Jen on my team has been this active coaching. Um, and so, you know, I, I, what you just uh, mentioned about seeing things, what we often find is that systems at your stage, or even I've seen systems up to hundred units that have, like you said, it's the best of intentions. And they're like, we have a really good support system for our franchisees. And we, we go, well, can we just talk about what that is and lift the hood a little bit on what you're doing? And they might have like awesome resources available, um, you know, good, good um, software infrastructure built up and all this, you know, this technical support, but is there somebody actually checking in on that franchisee and saying, Hey, like, how are you, where's your mindset at? Are you, are you, and are you taking the steps to grow your business and, and what are your goals and your long-term? And so we're at ACN big believers in this active coaching versus just the support hotline. Now we believe that yeah. there are franchisees that aren't going to take you up on that and are just going to want the support like hotline support. And you can't always change that. But for those that are willing to take the active, active coaching, mm-hmm. um, we see a real difference. I've, I've heard different stats, but I've heard like those franchisees in a system often have like, I think it's 33% more year to year over year growth. Yeah. There's a difference between what people think they need and would call a hotline for. And there's a difference between that and what we really need, because we're often unaware of the things that we need the most. And I think that that approach of active, active coaching is, is really, is really important, is really important for that. You, you're not going to get that on a hotline. That's too reactive. So the like the common problem that franchise owners have is is they don't build in time for accounting on a, on a weekly basis like that's just a mundane problem that causes a lot bigger problems we don't call into a hotline and say oh i didn't i didn't structure my week <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> like that's something that happens over months. Like that's a that's changing habits, right? Like yeah. those are and, and that requires being proactive and and creating relationships and, and incremental progress. Yeah. It's just and- a different, it's just a different process. And then for franchisors, franchising is so unique because the model is built for really fast growth. So once it gets traction. You go from 10 to 20 to 50 locations really, really fast. 
And I've described this whole journey of, of franchising as the reward of success is a new problem that you've never seen before. Like mm. the more successful you are, like you have success today, well, then it's a new problem. Like it's a new problem to solve tomorrow and it's more difficult than the last one. And you haven't seen this one before either. And so that's good. <laughs> having, so while I think franchise owners need that ecosystem of support around them, I think franchisors need an ecosystem of support around us because man, it can get it can get lonely out there. Like when you're solving problems that no one in your circle has seen before, like it's mm -hmm. it gets lonely because those those decisions are heavy. And the decisions, the decisions that you make as a franchisor impact, yeah. <laughs> impact the livelihoods of a lot of people. And, and it's, it's heavy, it's heavy stuff. So yeah. ecosystem's important. That's something that we hear a lot and like our clients talk about and people in our community, the weight on your shoulders as a franchisor with these people who have invested their life savings or, you know, or, and are really counting on you to be there and support them, um, that how much there is that weight that people don't, most people can't relate to. And yeah. which is, which is, I mean, I always had this idea that we needed to bring franchisors together as well as, as offer these uh, coaching and advising services. But um, it was really the pandemic that, you know, kickstarted it where I was like, mm -hmm. all right, let's like, let's get on zoom and um, bring everybody together. And we hear this over and over again, like what you just said, that people are like people in my network, my, my spouse even doesn't get it, you know, and I, I really need that support. So it's, yeah. it's interesting how that works. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question about the, the, the work with us, and then we'll, we'll work towards wrapping up here. Um, mm -hmm. So um the franchisees that are are getting the you know are, are getting the coaching. Um, how, well, in general, how have franchisees responded to this? Like you weren't offering this active coaching, and then you know Jen on my team came in, and uh, and then eventually you guys hired John with I think mm -hmm. Jen guiding you, which I'm Jen, mm -hmm. John is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. How did that transition? The reason I asked this question, Matt, is because we talked to a lot of people who are in your shoes or, or were in your shoes over a year ago where you were at and say, mm -hmm. like, I don't know how to go from there to here. My franchisees aren't going to want that. Um, or, uh, I, I don't know how to get there. So if you yeah. can just speak to like how you went from not to doing it, to doing it a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's worked really, it's worked really well, but it looks a lot different than I would have ever thought it would when we when we kind of started trying to solve this problem and um and we did I go back we we didn't know what we didn't know and um I feel really good about the structure that we have but I it would have it would have taken a long time for us to if ever to figure that out to figure that out on our own our our franchise owners have have been really responsive I think I think they want to be they want to be successful mm -hmm. and you know, that curiosity is something that we really look for in in prospects and so I think that's made it easier for them to embrace coaching mm -hmm. um, it's also a younger franchise system um, and so that's probably helped as well but it, it's worked it's worked really well and now 
now I feel like we have one of the biggest obstacles to growth in a franchise system is support. So how do you how do you scale support? And to me, that's probably the biggest challenge looking forward. Mm-hmm. And I was at a point that I didn't know what that would look like. Like I couldn't picture what that path looked like. And um, now I do like we we know we know what the incremental steps are and how we'll um, how we'll continue to scale the support along with the with the growth. And I don't think going into 2022 we're we're planning to add at least two locations every month Mm -hmm. so it's it's pretty fast but I feel I feel really confident in our plan to support that group I'm so excited to be by your like that our team is by your side because and especially that we've worked together to in to put in that infrastructure Mm -hmm. for growth because I it just makes me so um, anxious when I see uh, franchisors that are going to add two per month mm-hmm. and not be properly supporting the franchisees because like, when I say properly, like yeah. coaching them, not just hotline, but actually making sure you're taking care of the franchisees mm-hmm. because it won't take long before you just hit a massive mm-hmm. growth roadblock if those franchisees aren't aren't happy right they'll just yeah. anybody that comes yeah. to your system and says is this a good investment they'll say no i'm failing i'm falling apart i'm you know i'm on my own here i'm not it's a franchise yeah. but i'm not getting what i need or whatever so yeah. I'm, it's really cool to see your like i'm confident about your two per month because i can see that you've got the support properly done yeah and in the timing i mean the timing is important because you, you do grow like you can grow really really fast with franchising it's just the nature of the beast and if you don't get ahead of that curve it's really it's it's really hard to go back and change your structure once you have more franchises than you can support yeah a lot easier to implement it sooner Mm -hmm. rather than later and and any of the earlier stage franchisors that we work with that have only a few franchisees it's hard Mm -hmm. for them to see why but maybe i'll get them to talk to you get it going now because it'll like the sooner you do it, the better. Right. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's, let's get into the wrapping up stage here. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question in a minute before I ask you, or after I ask you this, if, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody is listening, I, I really hope that people that are listening can see if they're thinking of becoming a franchisee can see what a great brand you guys are and how much you care about people. That is a huge thing that I would recommend anybody looking at becoming a franchisee does like look at who's the leader of the company. What is the leadership team? Like, do you feel like they have your back? Of course, talk to franchisees and ask them, you know, what, what does the support really look like? Not just, Oh, they've got a good, you know, training system, but ongoing, how are they going to help me be successful? You know, mm-hmm. I, I would encourage anybody to look at that. And now people have had a little bit of an opportunity as we lifted the hood today. So if anybody's interest is peaked on becoming a franchisee of new again houses, what is the best way for them to learn more information and, and get on a call with someone? Yeah, the easiest the easiest place to start is the website. It's newagainhouses.com um, slash franchise or newagainfranchise.com. And that's kind of where you get an overview of, of the business. But every franchise has a good website to your to your point. And so we've um, we've created what we call a path to ownership 
So it's a it's a four to five week process um, that is self self guided, but it prompts you to have calls with me and different members of our team along the way so that you just get a lot of you get to know us um, because at the end of the day, it's a it's a people it's a people business. So, yeah, um, yeah we go through that. We go through that process. We don't want anybody making a, a, a hasty impulsive decision mm-hmm. and so um the, the again process <laughs> process it's a process business yeah. and our our prospect our, pro, our prospect process has a process as well yeah the really interesting thing is though your process and your people driven like you're you're not just process driven <laughs> and you're not just people driven like you're both which is exactly what you should be in franchise uh-huh. so uh-huh. Uh, you guys are on an exciting path <laughs> So last question for you, just anybody that is thinking of becoming a franchisee, whether it's new again houses or another brand from what you've seen, what would be a piece of advice you would give them? Um, if they're like, they're afraid to kind of take that leap or, you know, go for yeah, it. Yeah. I think, I don't think everyone should like if mm-hmm. I in, I genuinely envy people who are content with a job and they come home at five o'clock and can sit on the porch and have a drink and be content with that and enjoy life like with without the additional responsibility i genuinely envy people that can do that and if if you are content and happy um don't don't start a business yeah it's not the grass isn't always greener on yeah, the other side. Then, it's but, working for you. Yeah, but then there's some of us who we're just we're just not we're just not happy with that. Like you feel like you feel like you are living in a uh, living in a box, and you just aren't happy. No matter how much money you're making at a job, you need you need to build a team. And, and solve some kind of problem and, and build a business. And if, if, you, if you feel that way, like you are never, I don't think you're ever gonna be satisfied with a W-2. Um, and um, if, if you feel that there's also, I think franchising is a great, is, is a great hybrid where you're, you have that support system um, you're not an employee. You're not left on your own as a as a raging entrepreneur. It's a, it's it's a hybrid that that's really that's really beneficial. But at the same time, like there's never there's never a day that comes where you you get out of bed and think this is the day I feel like to take a risk and I feel comfortable about taking a risk. Mm-hmm. None of us none of us have that. Just when you feel that, when you feel that need um, over over a period of time, like you have to, at some point, you have to take that leap. Mm-hmm. And do your homework in advance. But yeah, I, I find people do all the homework and research 
And they're like, I just don't know what to do. And I'm like, this is the point where you have to, if, if you're yeah. all the boxes checked off for you, like this franchise company makes sense. And you've talked yeah. to family and you've talked to other franchisees of the brand and all that at some point there's that leap. And so you're so right. Like, it's not like you wake up and go, this is the day. Well, <laughs> maybe you do, maybe you do say that, but it will still feel like a risk. So yeah, yeah. yeah. you'll never feel a hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. Today's the day. Yeah, that's that's good advice. So, well, this has been awesome. I I definitely would love to do this again sometime. I'll I'll come up with. I mean, we didn't even get to all the questions I wanted to ask. So it'll be like part two someday. Um, maybe even bring a couple of your team members on. But uh, thank you so much, Matt. This has been awesome, and I just wish you so much success. All right, thanks, Angela. 